Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, one man car. My name is Jess Romero. My partner, Ruben Ava, is doing some apostolic work. By the way, do you know that the month of September, yes, we're in the month of September, it's devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows is a devotion given to you or given to us by St. Bridget of Sweden. She lived from 1303 to 1373. During this month of September, devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, we're invited to console the sorrowful heart of Our Lady and to unite our sufferings to hers and by doing so, receive beautiful graces of consolation and strength. Father Ripperger and his team at Liber Cristo, they teach that, that it's helpful to do a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, asking her to reveal any sins, vices, or generational spirits that may be plaguing a person or a family line. A nine-day novena of the Rosary, specifically to Our Lady of Sorrows, asking her what generational spirit is plaguing my family line or a person. According to the tradition of the Catholic Church, because Our Lady went through different sorrows during the, during the life of Jesus Christ, her son, she merited different things. But one of the things that she merited while standing beneath the cross was the ability to reveal hidden things, and she knows them more than anyone else in heaven except God because of her closeness to Him. Remember uh, the prophecy of Simeon where it says, uh, and a sword shall pierce your heart. And uh, and that's where she merited, at that moment, that's where she merited the grace to be able to disclose the the hidden things of the human heart. And so, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. By the way, if you like the show, you can support the show by sharing the full page at vmpr.org. You can also find on social media, you can find us on social media at, v, at VMPR Radio, VMP Radio. And we've got a YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everyone you love. Okay, <clears throat> several topics uh, I want to talk about today on Jesus 911. Something very interesting that's, that's come up is... Uh, People probably wonder, hey, how come Kanye West got, uh, why, why did he get divorced from Kim Kardashian? We'll talk about that in the last segment. I'll tell you why they got divorced. He, he actually says what, why, why it happened. It's one of the seven deadly sins. We're also going to look at uh, the U.S. Uh, US Seattle, Washington. They've seen the deadliest month in recent history after their push to defund the police. Yep. Take away the police and uh, and you raise Cain, literally. But uh, what I want to share with you now, it's a very powerful story about two heroes. This story is about two American heroes. One of them is a converted mobster to the Catholic faith. The other one is a fighter pilot who was a serious Catholic. So both of them, both of them have different lifestyles. But both of them died in the grace of God. Both of them died in sanctifying grace. And both of them were related to each other 
even though both of them had entirely different lifestyles. When I travel and give uh, lectures around the country, I fly oftentimes in, into uh, O'Hare Airport, which is in, uh, is in Chicago, Illinois. O'Hare Airport. And I've seen a sign that says, Butch O'Hare, the history of the World War II war hero and first, Navy, and first Naval recipient of the Medal of Honor. You, you can see uh, a, a, a monument that's dedicated to him at, uh, at, the, <clears throat> at the O'Hare Airport. And uh, I, I've, I've read it once or twice, and I said, you know what? This is worth sharing with people. This is very, very inspirational. So, Butch O'Hare, Catholic, recipient of the Medal of Honor, first na- naval recipient of the Medal of Honor. During World War II, he's a war hero. His name was Edward Butch O'Hare. He was the Navy's first flying ace fighter pilot, a World War II hero whose name would have been commonly known at the time, but has sadly faded out of view for most Americans. We have a short retention span. With severely limited ammunition supplies, Butch O'Hare was able to shoot down five Japanese bombers during World War II which is how he became the first naval recipient of the Medal of Honor during the Second World War. But this was not his only brush with world history. His father, get this, his father, was known around Chicago as Easy Eddie. He was Al Capone's high-powered attorney. Easy Eddie was Al Capone's high-powered attorney. Easy Eddie was the father of this fighter pilot for the Navy, Edward Butch O'Hare, this recipient Medal of Honor, Naval Recipient Medal of Honor. His dad was a mobster from Chicago, Easy Eddie, who was the, the, the attorney for Al Capone. So Easy Eddie was so prized, so coveted by Al Capone that he wasn't just paid a handsome salary he was also kept in the lap of luxury in a house the size of an entire Chicago city block filled with servants. Easy Eddie lavished his young son, Butch, with gifts. But he was also concerned with his education and moral upbringing, the latter of which changed Easy Eddie's entire life. When he ultimately decided to testify against El Capone in open court, needless to say, this didn't end well for Eddie Sr., for Easy Eddie. His life ended in a hail of bullets on the streets of Chicago. They gunned him down. But this was a, an important moment in the life of his son, Butch, because it was here that he learned the true meaning of courage from his father. And he would carry this with him into the air when he fought the Japanese during World War II. He also picked up his love of aviation from his father, the elder O'Hare, caught the bug toward the end of his career as Capone's attorney. He once hitched a ride with Charles Lindbergh and took the yoke on commercial flights whenever the opportunity presented itself. Sometimes he would let young Butch take the controls. So young Butch O'Hare, his dad is dead now, 
Al Capone's attorney, his his uh, his dad, Easy Eddie. So Butch enters the Navy, but unlike most of the people who served during the Second World War, Butch had been in the U.S. Navy for nearly 10 years before the attack on Pearl Harbor. Graduating from the Western Military Academy in 1932, he went on to attend the United States Naval Academy. He graduated in 1937, receiving the rank of ensign, serving two years on the USS New Mexico. His flight training began in 1939 and was finished the next year. He made his, the first, he made his first official flight on the morning of July 21st, 1941. Butch's father was murdered on the day of Ensign O'Hare's first training flight. Upon landing at sunset, Butch O'Hare learned that his father, Easy Eddie, had been murdered. <clears throat> Soon after, he went to visit a friend in the hospital. This is where he met his wife, who was working as a nurse. Butch certainly knew what he wanted out of life. He proposed to Rita Worcester the first time they met. He converted to Catholicism for the purpose of marrying this nurse he fell in love with, which he did six weeks after their first meeting. They set sail on separate ships headed towards Hawaii for their honeymoon. Soon after, Butch was called into active duty following the attack on Pearl Harbor. Here is where he earned the Medal of Honor. The flight that earned Butch O'Hare the Medal of Honor is one of the most storied in the history of naval aviation. On February 20th, 1942, the then Lieutenant O'Hare and his wingmen were the only pilots available in the region when Japanese bombers began attacking their aircraft center, the Lexington. The Lexington was charged with penetrating into Japanese-occupied waters around New New Ireland, an island that is today part of Papua New Guinea. They were 450 miles from harbor when radar picked up enemy aircraft a mere 35 miles away. Six combat planes were launched, but only two were sent to investigate the enemy aircraft, Butch and his wingman, whose name was Marion William DeFijo whose weapons jammed early into the mission, leaving Butch as the lone line of defense against the oncoming Japanese onslaught. So Butch O'Hare's aircraft was armed with four fifty caliber guns. Each of these had 450 rounds. That might, sound, that might sound like a lot, but it's only actually enough ammunition for firing for about 34 seconds. O'Hare didn't have a lot of time, and the time that he had, he needed to make count for as much as he could. Well, O'Hare succeeded. On the first firing, he took out two of the aircrafts temporarily, but they quickly extinguished the the fires his guns lit. However, on a second firing pass, he was able to incapacitate one of the planes while sinking another into the sea. It was on the third pass where he did the most damage. He took out the squadron's second-in-command, leaving the squadron leader completely exposed. He then blew a massive hole in the wing of the squadron's commanding officer. This is a powerful story, the way it ends. You don't want to go anywhere, trust me. Stick around. You want to hear what's coming up in the next couple of minutes. Jesus 911, my name is Jesse Romero. We're talking about Butch O'Hare, World War II, Naval Recipient Medal of Honor, convert to the Catholic faith. You'll see how his faith helped him out of the end. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. I've got a powerful story here of two American heroes. One's a converted mobster, Easy Eddie. And what the other one's the fighter pilot, Butch O'Hare. Actually, Easy Eddie, the mobster who's El Capone's attorney, is uh, Butch O'Hare's dad. That's the father of Butch O'Hare. Both of them had two different lifestyles. Both were blood-related, father and son, but both of them died as Catholics. The son, Butch O'Hare, fighter pilot, is a decorated Naval Recipient Medal of Honor uh, winner. So the story goes that that Easy Eddie, no, not Easy, not Easy Eddie, uh, Butch O'Hare, the son. Again, his his aircraft was armed with four fifty caliber guns, and uh, he's basically in a dogfight now in the air against several Japanese planes. It says Butch O'Hare on his first passing. He took out two of the crafts temporarily, but they quickly extinguished the fires his guns lit. His final firing pass attended take, to take one of the planes from the, fi- from the first pass out of commission for good. But by this time, Butch O'Hare was out of ammunition. He was unhappy because there's still bombers in the sky, but he got out of the way so that the aircraft carrier could fire some of its own, own uh, ordnance at the remaining bombers. Despite his disappointment, because again, he ran out of ammunition, he likely saved the aircraft carriers. Even the remaining craft in the air had to drop their ordnance and return to base with nothing substantial hitting its target. When the dust settled, there was some disagreement about what he hit and how badly he damaged it. But in the final analysis, it was determined that Butch O'Hare hit six, six Japanese planes, three of which crashed and three of which were badly damaged. On descent, he was fired upon by his own gunner, which prompted him to say upon landing, quote, son, if you don't stop shooting at me, when I've got my wheels down, I'm going to have to report you to the gunnery officer, close quote. The math works out to about 16 rounds of ammunition for each bomber he destroyed, which is a highly impressive rate of marksmanship by any definition. Butch O'Hare was credited with saving the Lexington from serious damage or even being completely destroyed. So on March 26, the vessel arrived in Pearl Harbor and the press was eagerly awaiting their turn to talk to Butch O'Hare. He used one radio interview to tell his wife, quote, here's a great big radio hug, the best I can do under the circumstances, close quote. Of course, he said hi to his mother while he was still at it. The, the Grumman Aircraft Corporation plant at Bethpage where his F4F Wildcat was made, presented him with the gift of 1,150 cartons of Lucky Strike cigarettes, a whopping 230,000 cigarettes. The workers at the factory passed the hat to pay for Butch Smokes out of their own pockets. Butch was a loyal camel man, but smoked them anyway. He was presented with the Presidential Medal of Honor by his wife and received a promotion to Lieutenant Commander. He also received a parade in St. Louis where he sat sandwiched between his wife and mother in front of 60,000. The mayor presented him with a gold navigator's four-dial watch engraved with to Lieutenant Commander Edward O'Hare, U.S. Navy, from a proud and grateful city of St. Louis, April 25, 1942. 
As the American war effort badly needed a living hero, Butch made the rounds on non-combat duty helping to sell war bonds. Well, after the parting was done, he returned to duty, this time to training pilots. It was U.S. Navy policy that the top fighting aces were to be used to train the next crop of pilots. In contrast to Imperial Japanese policy of sending all their best pilots out to flight, he returned to combat duty on August 22, 1943, on the light carrier (coughs) USS Independence. Butch O'Hare continued to instruct pilots under his command in life-saving flight techniques. On November 26, 1943, Butch O'Hare went out missing, and it would be his last mission. There was some controversy as to whether or not he was failed by a Japanese by a Japanese uh, plane or by friendly fire from his fellow troops. Indeed, for 57 years, there is no definitive answer about this either way. But in 1997, Faithful Rendezvous, The Life of Butch O'Hare by Steve Ewing and John Lundstrom conclusively demonstrated that his plane was shot down by a lucky Japanese shot. On December 9th, Butch was officially declared missing in action. A year later, December 26, 1944, he was declared officially dead. His wife received his posthumous decorations, the Navy Cross, and a Purple Heart. On January 27, 1945, a Gearing-class destroyer, the USS O'Hare, was named in his honor. On September 19, 1949, Orchard Depot Airport was renamed O'Hare International Airport. Ironically, considering that Butch never actually lived in Chicago, O'Hare was O'Hare was both born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Butch O'Hare was a giant war hero during and immediately after the Second World War, and for good reason. Even as a commanding officer, he wasn't afraid to fly towards the danger. <clears throat> That's some of the serious gift that he doubt that he no doubt learned from watching his father standing up to organized crime. There's a lesson for everyone. So what's the lesson? The lesson is <clears throat> is that Easy Eddie, the attorney for El Capone and Butch O'Hare's father, Easy Eddie basically came to back to his Catholic faith. El Capone's attorney, his high-powered attorney. And he ended up, because of returning back to his Catholic faith and returning back to the sacraments and a life of sanctifying grace, he had an epiphany. His moral conscience told him that he couldn't work for Al Capone any longer. And so he turned state's evidence against Al Capone and testified against Al Capone in the court of law, putting his life in danger. Absolutely, he put his life in danger. Al Capone had his hitman gun down his, his former high-powered attorney, Easy Eddie, on the streets of Chicago because Easy Eddie no longer wanted to work for the mob. He wanted to serve Jesus Christ and become a Catholic and go to heaven one day. And so he paid the ultimate price. He was gunned down. Well, his son, he passed this, this chivalry and this courage to his young son, Butch. And his young son, Butch, went to the Navy and became a fighter pilot in the Navy. He learned chivalry and courage from his father, Easy Eddie, Al Capone's one-time high-powered attorney who was gunned down by Al Capone for turning state's evidence against Al Capone and coming back to his Catholic faith. And trust me, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. 
It was Easy Eddie's courage to stand against the mob in Chicago. This, in some way, shape, or form, this DNA was transferred to his son, Butch O'Hare, who stood against the imperialist Japanese. And that's the rest of the story. <clears throat> uh, Eternal rest, Lord, grant unto Easy Eddie and Butch O'Hare, Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of these two men, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to move on to another story here in the U.S. Seattle, Seattle, Washington, sees the deadliest month in recent history. Why? Pretty simple. After their push to defund the police. Surprise, surprise. So Seattle closed out the month of August with 11 homicides, setting setting the city on track to break a 25-year record high in deadly shootings, according to the police. The city grabbed the national spotlight in 2020 when former mayor Jerry Durkin proposed, get this, a $76 million cut to police funding, according to Seattle's police department. Defund the police became a battle cry of scores of protesters in the city following the death of George Floyd, and city leaders eventually made cuts to the department's budget. Reuters reported that in a 7-to-1 vote by the city council, it fell short of protesters' demands that Durkin's proposal but still slashed the department's budget by $3.5 million and invested $17 million in community safety programs, uh, the outlet reported. The city council later cut the budget by $35.6 million, that's 9% from 2019, and in December 2021, cut funding in the 2022 budget of the police department by $7 million, uh, the Wall Street reported the Uh, those numbers as well. And so what's happening? Simple. Seattle is imploding. Seattle's imploding after defending the police. So in 2020, Seattle recorded 53 homicides, the highest in 26 years. And in 2021, Seattle saw a slight decrease with 42 recorded homicides. But there have been 27 homicides so far in 2022. This puts Seattle on pace to break yet another record in fatal shootings, the police said. Uh, So far this year, Seattle PD officers have responded to as many homicides in the past eight months as there were in all of 2021. At this rate, we could easily see more homicides this year than there were in 2020, which broke a nearly 30-year homicide record at 53 in in Seattle, Washington. Police have also seen a 32% increase in shots fired events compared to this time last year. And so far in 2022, there have been 513 shots fired events compared to 391 in 2021. uh, The city's police chief followed his statistics report with a call for more police officers reflective of a shortage in police nationwide. He says retirements are up. Resignations are up and recruitment is down. The Fraternal Order of Police, Joe Grimalda, told Newsmax, 
Newsmax, politicians and the media have burned down the institution of policing and now we're just living in the ashes. Joe Gamaldi said, low recruitment leaves fewer officers to respond to calls and patrol the streets. There's also a related article where it says formal, former Seattle police chief says defund the police movement makes people so demoralized. There's other cities across the country. They're also facing police shortages in Philadelphia. 800 police are slated to leave the department in the next few years. According to Fox News, the department is already operating at 20 percent below, below its target staff levels. And this uh, this is uh, short. This this is short on officers. Chicago by is short on officers and needs roughly 1,100 new policemen. Chicago is that short on officers as well as Philadelphia. Well, so much for the defund the police movement. Our cities are on fire. And I don't mean on fire for the Holy Spirit. I mean on fire with violence. We'll continue talking about some of these uh, boneheaded decisions made by some of our bureaucrats on the left. Jesus 911, stick around. I'm also going to talk about Kanye West and why he divorced Kim Kardashian. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. <clears throat> One-man car, my name is Jesse Romero. Glad to be here, family. So happy to do this show. So happy to be able to reach uh, so many people with the with the truth of the Catholic faith, looking at uh, the culture, looking at society through the lenses of the Catholic faith. That's what we do in this program. And why do we call the show Jesus 911, by the way? It's pretty simple. Jesus 911, it basically, it's inspired by Psalm 69, verse 2. The Bible says, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. You should, you should um, pray that throughout the day. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. That's basically Jesus 911. Just saying that, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. We're calling on the name of Jesus because there is no other person to turn to, especially at a time like this. We're talking about the violence over in Chicago, Philadelphia, all over the country as a result of defund the police. But specifically, this article here is profiling Seattle, Washington. It says... Seattle also finds itself in the midst of a recruiting crisis, like other cities, by the way, and recently recorded a 30-year low in officers, according uh, to, to King 5 News. Mayor Bruce Harrell and Police Chief Diaz earlier this summer announced a plan to hire new officers, including hiring incentives and relocation reimbursement, the outlet reported. We cannot deliver the effective public safety, swift response times, and thorough investigations our community deserves without a well-staffed and well-trained police department, uh, Mayor Bruce Harrell said. So, as the San, as, excuse me, as the Seattle Police Department remains short on officers, the city copes with a record-breaking August for, for homicides, according to Fox News. The city averaged around three homicides every August between 2008 and 2021. But in, but in August of 2022, there was a 267% increase compared to the previous 14-year average. 
That's huge. So why is there so much violence? I'll tell you. There are three characteristics of the devil in in the modern world, according to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Venerable Fulton Sheen says, you know, the devil is in the world because you'll see three characteristics. Number one, love of nudity two, violence, three and division. I want to focus on what Fulton Sheen says about that. The sign of the devil in a society is violence. I don't don't want to key in on uh, love of nudity or or uh, or division. That's let's talk about violence, because this article is talking about violence again. I've discussed before how collectively we've turned violence into a form of entertainment. Our adventure movies, everything, shoot them up, bang, 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 kill them, kill them, kill them. Our video games have turned violent retribution into this gleeful entertainment and death is a solution according to these games and according to the movies. Death is that final solution, just kill somebody. Recent popes have warned us of the culture of death, namely St. John Paul II, where death is increasingly proposed as a solution to problems, but it's not, of course. In our culture, violence begins in the womb. As the innocent are attacked, and it's called choice and rights. The violence and embrace of death continues to ripple through the culture, through contraception, through abortion, violent gang activity, easy recourse to war. The past century was perhaps the bloodiest ever known on this planet, and untold people in the hundreds of millions died in two world wars, hundreds of regional wars and conflicts, horrific starvation campaigns in the Ukraine, in China and elsewhere, genocides in Central Europe and Africa and Southeast Asia. Paul Johnson, an author in his book called Modern Times, estimates that over 100 million people died in war and violent ways in just the first 50 years of the 20th century. And with every death, Satan did a Snoopy dance. Satan loves violence. He loves to set fires and watch us blame each other as we burn. Yep. The three characteristics of the devil in a society, the love of nudity, violence, and division. Well, on a human level, why is there so much violence? I don't usually agree with them, but I agree with them here. Bill Maher, a leftist uh, comedian, he said, quote, the average kid will watch 200,000 acts of violence on screen before their 18, before their 18th birthday through Hollywood movies and the Internet. According to the FBI, one of the warning signs of a potential school shooter is the fascination with violence filled entertainment. We must find again our true north as a nation if we want to find the path to take out of this present darkness of violence. And what is the true north? Facing Jesus Christ, turning towards Jesus. This respect for every human life, it's grounded in the Old Testament, New Testament. It's grounded in the Jewish and Christian vision of the dignity of every human person. It once inspired us to hold a respect for every human life, whether that life be found in the first home of the womb, a wheelchair, a jail cell, a hospital room, a hospice, a senior center, a soup kitchen, or a refugee on a boat as our highest public good. But I'll tell you, quoting St. Mother Teresa, 
She said this in 1994 at the National, at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. St. Mother Teresa, she said, I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion because it is a war against a child, a direct killing of the innocent child, murdered by the mother herself. And if we accept that a mother can kill her, even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? Close quote. Now, some people may call me simplistic for pointing to abortion in such a comment on this growing epidemic of violence. But I think that the words that that St. Mother uh, Teresa of Calcutta, this nun from India, what she said, I believe, were prophetic. Somebody else who I believe was also prophetic on this was Rush Limbaugh. Rest in peace. Rush Limbaugh nailed it back in uh, June 10th, 2013, in one of his programs. He said, the root of our problems, <clears throat> the root of our cultural rot and decay, of irresponsibility, of economic woes, of violence in our country, why 10-year-olds are shooting each other, why our society is permissive, ornery, this is obvious to me. Abortion is the foundation of all our problems. How can we eliminate 55 million of our children and not be damaged by it? We need that 55 million people contributing to our society by paying taxes and more. <clears throat> I'll tell you why there's violence is because people don't know Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Pope Pius XI said in 1925, he wrote an encyclical called the Social Kingship of Christ. And in there he said, the reason why we have so much evil in the world, the manifold evil in the world is because men have thrust Jesus Christ out of their heart. Men don't know Jesus and nations don't know Jesus until individual men receive Jesus in their heart and nations receive Jesus. There will never be any peace. Pope Pius XI. Yes, this is why we have violence is because men do not know Jesus Christ and nations have thrust them out of public policy. I'll tell you why there's more shootings also in these cities. Less fathers at home. I know that's not popular to say. Less dads at home. People are more worldly and less people go to church. Remember, prayers were banned by the, by the Supreme Court. By, the Bible was banned. The Ten Commandments have been banned by the Supreme Court. So our society is just more secular. We're more godless. There's more divorce. There's more broken families. There's a lot more, less people that are formed. Their intellect is not formed by the word of God. Less people go to church. There's more permissive laws in our society. There's so many violent movies, violent music and video games. There's more people under the influence these days because of marijuana, especially marijuana, but other drugs as well. And so Satan and demons are constantly tempting us and most people are defenseless. What do we have to do? We got to be part of the resistance movement and we got to bring Jesus Christ back into the public square, into the heart of every man, woman and child and into my heart. And into the heart of every nation as well. I want to move on to another topic. Kanye West appears to reveal what addiction ruined his marriage with Kim Kardashian. This is kind of a tell-all. Rapper Kanye West convert to, uh, uh, converted to uh, Protestant evangelicalism. Or had a conversion experience. He's probably born and raised a Protestant. 
for all I know. He's admitted in a, in a now-deleted Instagram post this week that an addiction to pornography ruined his family with Kim Kardashian. Hmm. Kanye's West remarks on social media were about where his four kids with ex-wife Kim Kardashian. When one of his kids is called Northwest. His next kid is called St. West. His next kid is called Chicago West. That one was born via surrogate. And then the fourth kid is called it's uh, Psalm West. That's another one born via surrogate. They would attend school. Kanye West wrote this. Come and get me. Come and get me. I'm a man of God. The father's job is to be the bad guy sometimes. I was driven crazy before. I'm not going crazy no more. It's not up to Calabasas or Hulu where my kids go to school. I'm not the crazy one here. I won't stop until I have a say on my kids, no matter what it legally takes, close quote. So Kanye West, he's also said in other posts that he knows women who work in adult industries, that's pornography, who apparently have a problem with how his daughters are dressed, his, 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 uh, his, uh, his West daughters. Kanye West then called out Kim Kardashian's mother, who was his former mother-in-law, Chris Kardashian, for how she raised her daughters. So Kanye West <laughs> put his mother-in-law in check and basically criticized her for the way he, she raised her daughters. <laughs> wow. Talk about speaking speaking the truth. Hopefully he did it in charity. Jesus 911, talking about how pornography affects men. It destroyed Kanye West's marriage. We'll talk more about that. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. September is devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows. <clears throat> this is a devotion given to us by St. Bridget of Sweden. Uh, <clears throat> there's a tradition that's, uh, that Liber Cristo, Father Ripperger and his team teach that if you do a novena, a nine-day rosary novena to Our Lady of Sorrows and ask her to reveal any sins or vices or generational spirits that may be plaguing you or your family, somebody in your family, she will re- reveal to you the generational spirit or sin or demon that's plaguing you or your family through a nine-day rosary novena specifically to Our Lady of Sorrows. Pray for us. Who knows? Maybe that's what Kanye West did, and that's uh, how he w- it was revealed that pornography destroyed his marriage. Kanye West told off his mother-in-law. <laughs> he told her off, basically, the way you raised your daughters. You raised your daughters horribly, is what he told her. Uh, Kanye, uh, Kanye West said the following quote, don't let Chris Kardashian, that's his mother-in-law, former mother-in-law, make you do playboy like, don't, don't make, make you do playboy like she made Kylie and Kim do. This is what Kanye West wrote on his social media. Kanye West wrote, Hollywood is a giant brothel. Pornography destroyed my family. I deal with the addiction. Instagram promotes it. Not going to let it happen to Northie and Chicago. Those are his two kids from him that he sired. 
Kim Kardashian said in an interview last year that she regretted posing nude for Playboy and that she would warn her younger self not to be so trusting of others. In other words, she regrets posing. They all do. After they, you know, have a conscience and get older and say, what the heck did I do? They all regret it. Kanye West continued by posting screenshots, apparently from the Kardashian family, asking him to stop posting on Instagram because it was causing them stress. In one screenshot of a text message exchange with a person who appeared to be Kim Kardashian, Kanye West said of his children, quote, they will not do Playboy and sex tapes, close quote. Kanye West also told uh, Kim Kardashian, his mother-in-law, tell your Clinton friends to come get me, I'm here, close quote. Kanye West is probably referring to the way people mysteriously die when you go against the Clintons. <laughs> Kanye West also made last week, he also made news last week after he questioned the validity of the holiday Kwanzaa, which is not an African holiday, by the way. It's one of those fake holidays that was started by the left. So Kanye West, he says that Kwanzaa was created by black activist Maulana Karenga. In 1966, in 1971, Malana Karenga was convicted of felonious assault and false imprisonment. <clears throat> Malana Karenga currently serves as chairman of the African Studies Department at California State University at Long Beach. The Kwanzaa Festival is observed starting the day after Christmas for seven days and involves celebrating seven Swahili values. A candle is lit each day on a candle holder. (laughs) Kanye West wrote the following. He said this. They teach black kids Kwanzaa at Sierra Sierra Canyon, referring to a private school in Chatsworth, California. He said, what the blank is Kwanzaa? And who made this baloney? (laughs) Who made this baloney up? Close quote. Kanye West wrote in an Instagram post, everyone lives in Los Angeles for the check anyway, so no one really cares about their children being indoctrinated. So Kanye West calls out this recent man-made celebration that has no basis in black tradition in Africa. None. It's because the secular humanist blacks want to take away from the focus, they want to take away uh, from the focus the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because a lot of them, like in the, in the, in the black Muslims, will say, oh yeah, you guys, uh, you, you, blacks, uh, you black Christians worship a, a white God. And so that's why they're trying to invent their own little traditions here, Kwanzaa. But we as Catholics don't celebrate Kwanzaa. No. After Jesus Christ, Catholics celebrate for seven days, not Kwanzaa, We call it the octave of Christmas. Catholic celebration for seven days after the birth of Jesus is called the octave of Christmas. The octave means eight. It gives us time to impress upon our souls the mysteries, the joys and the graces of the principal feast of the church year. And the number eight, by the way, in Judaism means a new beginning. It means a new creation. It means eternal life. My hat's off to Kanye West for coming out and saying something so unpopular that pornography destroyed my marriage. Well, the same demon is destroying 
our priests and bishops. In fact, let me give you a little overview. I'm going to tell you why this is so... And the devil knows this, by the way. The devil knows the fact that men are, are, are wired differently than women. Let me read to you from Psychology Today what it says about the brain of a man in relation to a woman. It says, Men, as we know, as we all know, are visually motivated creatures. The emotion control center of the brain, the amygdala, shows significantly higher levels of activation in males viewing sexual stimuli than females viewing the same images. According to a Center for Behavioral Neuroscience led by Emory University psychologist Dr. Stephen Haman and, and Dr. Kim Wallen. They, 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 they demonstrate how men and women process visual... They, yeah, these two doctors demonstrate how men and women process visual stimuli differently. And it may explain gender variations in reproductive behavior. Psychology Today says this, men's great, greater sex drive may be partially due to the fact that their sexual motivation pathways have more connections to the subcortal reward system than women. In short, men's brains are designed to objectify women. Close quote. This is why as a man, we have to fight and take custody of our eyes. Because pornography is the cancer of our times. And the only antidote is pleading God's mercy to deliver you from this perverted demon and pleading God's mercy and healing power to properly order your passions and appetites. Father Ripperger would uh, suggest to break this pornography addiction. We have to embrace a monastic prayer life. We have to order our life to prayer. Pray at 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 6 p.m. This way you're joining with the communion, communal prayer of the church around the world. Because that's when most people pray in Catholicism, in abbeys, monasteries, convents, rectories, 6, 12, and 6. And this perfects this, this perfects the metanoia, your conversion, your, your interior conversion, leading God to flood us with His grace and praying with this type of order. The Angelus, 6, 12, and 6, the Angelus, God's grace will snap the lower faculties, our passions and appetites, back into order and restore clarity to the person. Time spent in the Word of God every day also builds up a man's immune system against the poison of pornography. I'll say it again. Time spent in the Word of God every day builds up a man's immune system against the poison of the Word of God. Specifically, the Psalms. Specifically, the Psalms. Yes. Father Gabriel Moore says, the devil will try every trick to force man's body to become an occasion of sin. Absolutely, he will. Satan has an army of fallen angels. He also has human agents whom the Bible calls sons of the devil. Hugh Hefner is one of them. He started Playboy. Bob Guccione, he's another one. He started Penthouse. 
Larry Flint is another one. He started Hustler. These are sons of Satan. Pope Benedict said that we have to discover the beauty of love. It's not disposable. It's not transient. It's not utilitarian. What can you do for me? I want to feel good. It's not deceptive. It's not selfish. It's not materialistic. In the sacrament of marriage, we give each each other our very selves as a gift. This is why pornography is the mockery of the human body, just like the black mass is the mockery of the holy Catholic mass. The sacrament of marriage is meant to be number one, freely given, number two, faithful, number three, fruitful, and number four, forever. The sacrament of marriage is FFFF, freely given to another person, number two, faithful, number three, fruitful, and number four, forever, which means permanent. And let's not forget, from a spiritual warfare angle, Father Gary Thomas, exorcist from Northern California, says pornography and drugs can also open the doors to the diabolical. It's very simple. This is not rocket science. St. Isaiah the Hermit says this. You want to drive away a demon from your thoughts? Start meditative prayer. St. Isaiah the Hermit, one of the Desert Fathers, 488 AD. Meditation wounds demons and drives away thoughts of wickedness. Start meditating every single day on the daily rosary. No excuses. Every day start praying the rosary. Meditate on the mysteries. Every day start praying the divine mercy. Meditate upon the blood of Jesus flowing down from Calvary. And meditate upon the Angelus as you pray it every single day. Meditate upon the Incarnation, which is the greatest event, in, one of the greatest events in human history. The Incarnation, the Resurrection. Meditate upon those things because that, that causes pain to the diabolical when God's children are meditating upon holy things. That's a wrap. My name is Jesse Romero. Love to be on this show, Jesus 911. Remember, Jesus 911 comes from Psalm 69, verse 2. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Remember the words of the same Father to Pio. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and God will hear our prayer. That's a wrap. We are EOW. End of watch. We are out. Up next, Gary Machuda. Stick around. You don't want to miss the big guy. Hands-on apologetics. And as uh, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Make sure before you die... You leave it all out on the field for Jesus. God love you.